The University of Miami program has completely changed, and it happened fast. Because a couple months ago, I was telling you I wanted Mandy to stay. I had them gave up. Yeah, this dude right here. <laughs> I was like, no, he got to go. <laughs> I had them gave like, up. Let's, let's talk about it. Come to the show and let's talk. I'm like, street is. We'll be talking for weeks. Welcome to South Florida, the bottom of the clip of the gunshine state. One of them boys still boring in that way. Big plate, get it for the 18 if you straight get cake. And stop hating, it's the model of the state. A lot of face, but it's still real around here. That foreign talk, that can get I got a question. Did we take uh, Herb Waters over Michael? Who? Herb Waters. Yeah. You want that to say? Over Amari Google? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened was, uh, what happened was, when I, again, on the same little trip, mm-hmm. took Coop down to the, to the camp, and... Uh, Amari Cooper, right? I had already told the coach, uh, McDonald, who coaches at Illinois, hey, George, this, this kid is the real deal. Coop didn't have a bunch of yards the year before, because he had a hip point. But when I got to the West, I, I looked at him on film when we got ready to play them uh, before going, you know, in the playoff. Like, this dude leaving the camera real quick. Right. You know, and I'm looking at his route running. I'm like, so when I got there and became a defensive coordinator, you know, I was like, looking at his work. You know, I'm looking at him run and all that and how he put the work in. Every day he come to practice with you and my outfit on. To the point where we would have to tell them, hey, hey, you can't wear you him. You know what I'm saying? I used to have a UM hat. Alumni used to fuck with me about yeah. my hat. And they just swore I was, no, 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 you know. <laughs> and cool. Take him on the camp too, the same one we took Freeman on. Yeah. And everybody else go to Miami. Say, you know me, I'm fucking animated in the camp. Bring your best DB. Bring the five star. I got my guy right here. He's going to dig his ass up. Hey, you, come on over here. Come on, defensive coordinator, DB coach. Let this shit happen right now. Right. Let's get this going right now. If we beat him three out of uh, three out of four times, you go off of my guy. No problem. They get some big five-star, bring him out there. He line up. Shit. Coop. <laughs> four out of four. Okay, give me the offer. Uh, Al Golden, uh, y'all come on up to the office. Me, Billy Rowe, uh, Chris Perkin go up to the office and, and say, we're going to offer you, but we can't announce it. Coop starts getting emotional. Uh, Coop said, I'll commit right now. What, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I commit. He said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't, no, 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 we don't, no, no, no. You don't have to call nobody? He was like, I'll call my mama, call my mama up, the mama crying, oh my God, come on back. <laughs> man, are you serious, man? I ain't know, I ain't know it went this deep. Oh, Jack. His name is it's yes. Jack the Ripper. He will steal your shoes, your phone, <laughs> the remotes, 
You know that shit? $7,000, boy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Coop, so Coop did, called his mama. Coop called his mama. She on the phone, emotional, on the speaker, and all that. No, man, it's okay. It's okay. And he was like, and they were like, no, 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 no. But you can't, no, we can't take the off. We can't have you commit right now because, you know, we have this guy, Herb Waters. I'm like, You know, I'm like, who the hell is her? We got this guy, her borders, and and you know, Luke, can we can we like hold on right here? Hold on, we need to talk to y'all outside. Coop goes out and they, well, you know, her borders. We told him we're not gonna take another receiver, and if we take him, then her might don't come to Miami. What you said to that? I said. Fuck her border. <laughs> I said, well, I, but 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 I I basically say, look, man, is that what we become? Right. You know, last time I checked, the, you know, because I, I know the history of Miami. Right. Last time I checked, you come here to compete, and if her borders don't want to compete, then that says a lot about him. Right. Not knowing what whether Herb would have competed or not. Right. This is what these dudes is telling me. Right. I'm like, hey, look here, man. If he ain't ready to compete, then what the fuck are we doing? Because I know Edwin James was in the same room as Clinton Portis and, and Gore and all of them. Yeah. And they told Gore the same thing. Right. You know, Donnie Solid just say, Gore, you, you scared to compete? Right. If you talk to Gore right now, he'll tell you that's, that's what he got told his me. Ass down there. Yeah, that's exactly what got him down there. Yeah, so yeah. now if you want, if you ain't got that in you, what are we doing? So now nah, Frank told me the same story. He said basically he he challenged him. Frank said he was going to Ole Miss. He challenged him, and that's what made him. Nah, who you think better than me? See, exactly. Go out here and see what you talking about. Yeah, yeah. right. And I, I think I think probably if they had the conversation with Herb and you know, but that was them. You know, I don't know, you know, then again, I don't, you don't know. You know, some kids don't want to challenge. Like, it was the same similar situation, like right now, with a school, I ain't going to call no name, but they were like, you know, one kid don't want to commit, because I asked, well, ain't y'all recruiting this kid right here? And they're like, yeah, but, you know, he don't want to commit because we're recruiting your kid, and I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, I'm like, hold on. Well, if I was you, I'd drop him because if he don't want to compete, and it's not, well, we're telling him he, he's going to play a different position. Right. And then this kid, I'm like, look, man, the bottom line is you, you got to, how many people on the roster? How many people in that room? It's going to be everybody coming in that room want to compete. Right. And so. You say this is going on right now? Yeah. Yeah? I ain't calling no names. Why do you think they do that? Because they got one kid hiding another kid on the board? No. I I think um, it's, it's, it's the kid. And a lot of times it's some of the coaches, the high school coaches. Uh-huh. You know, hey, man, look, man, you take Ray Ray, then, oh, I don't Ray Ray going there. I don't want to go there. I want to go somewhere else. But why would the coaches let the kids hold them hostage like that? You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So I wouldn't recruit if <laughs> if I'm at a, if I'm at an institution uh-huh. at a college institution and kid tell me I don't want to come there for another day and I keep and since we talking about Freeman that was the same thing 
I asked him, so Freeman, you go to Florida State? That was part of the conversation. Right. You know, you go to Miami, you could you probably get started like right now. Right. You go to Florida State, do you know they committed Mr. Florida, which was James Wilder, yeah. the running back. Right. Man, Coach, I don't care nothing about that. <laughs> Jay Cotton, I could have looked at the picture. You just showed him a picture of James Wilder. Let me let you see James Wilder. Look like no, a Greek god. <laughs> no, we looked at the film. You got to remember, it's like him walking around here. No, hold on. We need to look at the film. Right, right here, we're looking at this dude film. Like sitting there breaking gun. it down. Like, and his daddy is Wilder, so now you know they're going to favor him. Right. Coach, I don't care. I don't see him. And they eventually end up being good friends. And I say, okay, all right, here's the situation. You you going you already, you know, Telly already got him tracked to come out early. Right. So okay, and Wilder was coming out late. And so now you'll be ahead of him by going in early. And so you'll get a spring up under your belt, you get the lifting and all that stuff like that. Yeah. And you'll get acclimated to what's going on versus right. the guy going late. Let's back up on that a little bit. Wilder was like Mr. Everything. Everything. Now that I replayed in my mind, like, see, he was, he was Mr. Fl- he was Mr. Everything. Everything. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was Henry. <laughs> running motherfuckers over. Right. He was going to play linebacker and running back. He wasn't just a good running back. He was, we looked at him like, man, God damn, that's LeBron coming out of high school. Exactly. And Freeman said, I don't see him. He oh, said, I don't see him, coach. And it was true. I was like, now you, you know, I'm sitting up here like, I said, show this in. You go to Miami, but. This dude, Mr. Florida, they're going to play politics. They're going to play him. Coach, I don't run from no smoke. Right. <laughs> Eventually. So him going there early probably helped him out a lot. Too. It helped him tremendously. Yeah, because they got to see him, man. Once you see talent like that, you can't. Yeah, your body changes so much early when you go in early, and that's what I encourage all kids to do. Go to college early. Yeah. Get out of school. You know, you can always come back to the prom. You know, get out, go in, you get that spring up under your belt, mm-hmm. practice, and in the spring, that's when they determine who plays. Yeah. That's almost like an extra year. So what did the ship sell with Amari Cooper? Like, what, at what point that he wasn't going to turn, change his mind and come? No, so we went to Florida State. I went there, did the same mm-hmm. thing. Stoops was the defense coordinator. You know, I told him to bring his best guys. Florida State brought up, oh, soft offer. We don't know enough about We're going to recruit you for the rest of the year. So then we get in the band, and then we go to Alabama and end up, shit. Nick Saban was like, Luke, what you got? Because I don't mess with Nick like that. You know, I'm like, Nick, this dude here is the real deal. He right. killed every fucking cat. Right. And I think he's the real deal. He's like, okay, let me take a look at him. They were having a seven-on-seven camp that had already been going on. So they were like in the second day of it. And so he inserted us in against the best team with the best cornerback. And then that bus was cool. And uh, and uh, and uh, uh, Artie Burns. Okay. So Artie had already committed to Miami before that. And they were trying to recruit Artie. Right. right. No, he didn't commit yet, but they were still recruiting him because at the time he was one of the fastest in the world. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening is, boom, they, would, they say, look, I know, I have three plays in the, in the witch car. Nick was like, no, nah, I want him. Nah. Frank, can you bring him to my office? Go up to the office, hey, son, you got a scholarship here. You want to be here, you can come here. 
you and uh and uh, uh Artie and <laughs> we love you. Yeah. All right. Rest was history. Artie was the first of our wide receivers that went up there, huh? He was the first one, huh? Artie, Amari, 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 I mean Amari. Amari, yeah. And then they, Amari they came and got Judy and they came again. <laughs> yeah. 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 So <laughs> this is just sad. I mean, I don't. <laughs> what do you I think Nick saw that they didn't see? Was it? It was. It was because I tell you this. Wait, Amari. When you think of Amari Cooper High School career, right? You don't think of like we were doing the top fifteen greatest most players to come out of. You don't ever think of Amari Cooper High School career. He had a hip pointer in his twelfth grade, in his in his eleventh grade year. Right. Okay. Snook got all the passes. Gotcha. Right. Snook ended up going to. Right. So a lot of this was your word and them having to look at yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it was all. It was like, yo, this this dude is the deal, right? You know what I'm saying? And they, and you know, most coaches in the business, the old ones, it's like going to the. They go to the trap. Like, I know this coach. If he say he can play, he ain't for the bullshit, right? You know, because a lot of coaches will say, all my kids can play at Alabama. <laughs> no, not all your kids can play at Alabama. Because right. you, you need to understand each coach and each coach's temperament. You know what I'm saying? At Alabama, Nick is very hard. He's similar to me. So he knows a lot of my kids can play for him because right. he knows I'm hardcore. You know, they'll come to your practice, watch your practice, come to your game on the sideline. They be more so ear hustling. Right. How you coaching and how hard you coach these kids to say, okay, he can play at Alabama because Nick will be hard. He can't play. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they see Coop and they say, okay, these dudes over here hardcore because Coop played. He split 50-50. He, he played DB for me and he played. Oh, he played some DB too? Yeah, Coop had, I think he, that this senior year led the, the, the state in interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, so he, so, you know, and then when they, they'll know a good coach. That going to coach tough, going to coach hard, and know what they're, they know the product that they're putting out, mm-hmm. you know, because of the history. Right. And so he'll take a kid. If I tell him, like, you need to look at this kid right here, he'll he'll take it. <laughs> bring him up here, bring him to me, work him out. Right. And let me talk to him. And same thing with uh, with Ray. Yeah. So as I was like, Nick, I don't come here. The last time I went to Alabama was with Coop. <laughs> Next time I went to Alabama was with Ray. Ray, Ray, Ray. I don't got no, I don't have that kind of shit for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't have nobody for you. You know, so when I <laughs> come up there, is that? all the mean? ladies is like, <laughs> oh my God. yeah, it, you, have, it, you know, that can't, that ain't going to go in no shell because Nick Hall. Really? You know, ain't going to go in no shell that's going to compete. That's that's willing to compete against the best in the country that's coming there. You know, ain't gonna shy away. So you know, you go there. You know, you gotta go there. You know, like knowing that oh, I'm, I'm bringing a pit, a real champion pit. And it's the same thing. Like I mean, Dabo, totally different perspective. You know, you know, family, family, a lot of God things. You know, he coaches totally different. You know, and, you know, lame, quirky. You got to know kind of where to, you know, like, hey, look, 
this might be a great situation, that might be a great situation. Right. You know, and, and them dudes, the, the unique thing that they have about them, they got old souls, they could tell a football player from a mile away. Really? They could, yeah, they could, they could see them walking the door. That's why all these baby-faced-ass coaches coaching college football, they ain't never going to be in nothing. They're just going to fill up the TV schedule. Dabble got a baby face. But Dabble a whole <laughs> but, but let me tell you something. <laughs> it, there's, there's always somebody in the back door. Yeah. Dabble no players, but Dabble right-hand man is Woody. Uh-huh. The brother. Yeah. You go to... You go to Clemson, Dabble got this big office right here, and the next office next to Dabble is Woody mm-hmm. with the next big office. Then it's the office court is in there. Yeah. And Woody was the one who coached Dabble at Alabama and brought him on as a yeah. GA for him. Right. And taught him how to coach. And so that is the so, so you're saying certain kids they could be five star, but don't have the 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 mental no tools to play for every coach. You can't, yeah, right. Yeah, if you know if you know a kid gonna go in go in the tank, you know uh, if you yeah hard on him and you gonna go don't you can't go to Alabama. Mario's a hard coach, ain't he? Mario's hardcore, right? Yeah, but the thing is about them. And they, and I'm I'm hardcore too. Right. And my brother just sent me a long text. Oh, you were so hard on the kids. You know. <laughs> he went to the game. I've not heard these many hard words. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. hey, they know I'm a, I'm a I'm a hard, but we love our kids. Right. You know, Nick gonna love them. He gonna he is is tough love. Right. No different than the little one walk around here. I'm tough on him, but it's it's tough love. But we love you up. Yeah. And you know we're do we're hard for a reason. We ain't conning you. You know a lot of guys. Like I had a, a talk with my coach. One of my coaches on the bus, um, coming back, young coach, just started coaching. I was like, look, you 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 have to know how to separate. You can't, you know. When you play with a dog, you're gonna lick you in the face. You know what I'm saying? And when you're coaching, young coach, when you're coaching, it's totally different. <laughs> you feed them after practice, mm-hmm. not before practice. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be tough in practice. Right. And then love them up after practice. Right. You got you if you tie them down, you gotta build them back up with love and let them know that you do care about them. That's why when you see the videos and Nick Riding around on boats and shit with his kids. Yeah. He, I mean, he's a comedian, but he's he's. But he done tore him down somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he tore his ass down. You got to tear him down to build him back up. <laughs> no, you don't. You because it's again, it's a gladiator sport. People don't look at it. They think it's you know it's it like is. some kind of swimming. This ain't swimming. No. You know you you going out there to kill or be killed, and you can really get fucked up playing football. Right. So you know <laughs> you have to teach people and and. You know, the weapon is the helmet. Right. And so now I can in everything else, body type and the speed to get you from where you're going at. I mean, some of these dudes are running 23 miles an hour. Right. You know, so you, you know, so it can be real. It is a gladiator sport. That's exactly, that's exactly what that it is. That is what it is. Right. 
Um, when I became footballville, before I actually knew what I was doing, I used to record from the stands, and I was at that North, that uh, Miami Northwestern versus Northern game with Amari Cooper and Duke. And the first play of that game, your defense jumped outside and hit Duke. Yeah. One you touch. told him it, it was the most – the whole damn defense I, jumped outside and hit Duke. I said, Did you tell him to jump outside? Jump outside, go hit that shit. <laughs> you, I had to cuss out the, Norland, the whole Norland bench. It's crazy how things happen. I leave Norland go in and coach with, with You had just left Norland, right? No, no. I left Central. I was the linebacker right, coach right, right, right. at Central, and I became defense coordinator at, at the West with the right, <laughs> right, right. I said, fuck them. I had to cuss their whole sideline all out, told all the coaches, y'all PlayStation coaches and everything. I'm over there about to beat one of the coaches. So you were and, thinking, what was your yeah, I mean, so I, dude, now I, you, you pissed off already, Gabe. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on 12 right now. And then, man, fuck that shit. Go outside, hit all the niggas. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Oh, they were already on that. Boom. Dude was deep in the eye, and they, they still got the Duke and knocked his ass down. <laughs> Right. I was like, they gonna fire me here at Northwest anyway. <laughs> Shit, everybody get fired. <laughs> I just figured you was trying to rattle him a a a a a a shake Duke or a, Yeah, we were trying to we were trying to rattle him up. That shit ain't work. Nah, it ain't work. <laughs> like three, four pages later, that motherfucker gone. Sixty yards. He went in motion, he got a jet sweep, and stuck that shit in the ground. And then I had one kid, one of the, a couple of kids who played with him at the park. You know, they over there talking shit, hit you in your fucking mouth, da 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 all this. And man, that <laughs> dude took the jet sweep, the kid took the wrong angle instead of staying square. Yeah. And he took an angle as if he was finna bounce it. Man, that man stuck that thing in the ground and was out of there. Cassandra was sick, and um, I sometimes <laughs> was the only. Like, I would film the game. So, I was, it wasn't no damn huddle yet. You know what I'm saying? So, she would depend on me to film the game. So, you was huddled before huddle. <laughs> and she was sick. She wasn't at that game. She's been at all the game, but she wasn't at that game. So, I kind of I filmed, filmed the game. And, no, man, he, 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 he went up. When a kid is that good, is in Miami because it's some different shit. Like, yeah. is, is there any defense? Like, is there any defense could... It's hard. It's hard to stop. It's hard to stop. Them. Like, I think Billy fired his best friend. He was the special teams coordinator. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Don't kick the ball to him," and then and they kick the ball to him, and he goes a hundred shots. Right. I mean, though, though it's hard to defense them, them kind of kids. Right. You know, they they're real special. I remember uh, uh, trying to defense was his receiver. I think it was at Homestead. Um, went to Florida State. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? I forget uh, what his name. The, I tried to defense with the, him with the, with the dreads. With the dreads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I put I put Artie on him. I bracketed him. I, you know, I'm a I bracket your ass. Like, right. If I think that's your only threat, <laughs> I bracket you in a minute. Couldn't Man. Be with him. Man, that dude. That dude. It was hard. It was. Nah, I couldn't do. Lane. Lane. Ermon Lane. Ermon Lane. What happened to him? He went to Florida State. He ended up playing safety. He switched to DB. He just didn't. Man, that was hard to defense that kid. In high school, 
he was so big and powerful. It was like he was. It, it was hard. Yeah, it, it was like he could run past, and he would jump out the building mm-hmm. and and talk trash at the same time. Yeah, yeah, Luke, you can put them all over here. Bring the whole team. He jump all the way over. He didn't everybody. make it as a wide receiver for a state. Like he couldn't get on the field. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't get on the field. But 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 when they when they're that good. Um, they come out like that, right? Like yeah. the, those are genetics, like those the great genetics, ones. Yeah, right. But then, but a lot of them, man, you see a lot of. But again, it goes back to what we was talking about: them going to the right situation right. and having that conversation mm-hmm. with them about the research that you need to do. You know what I'm saying? If I'm coaching him, I'm like, hey, look, you know your size, you know your ability, you need to go. Research the coaches who have coached guys with the same size and ability, you know, because they kind of they eyes focus on big guy that could jump out the building. So you may need to go to a school that that coach is used to coaching that, because the guy who likes to coach big guys jump out the building. Physical, it's hard for him to coach a little scat guy, uh-huh. you know. So you need to do that research, right. and that help. Let that help you in your decision as to what school you're going to go to. Right. So you're going to be, you're not going for the logo and you're not going for the head coach, but you're going for that position coach right. to be able to coach you to get you to the next level and understands what he needs to get out of your ability. Right. The University of Miami program has completely changed, and it happened fast. Because a couple months ago, I was telling you I wanted Manny to stay. I had them gave Yeah, this dude right here. <laughs> I was like, no, he got to go. <laughs> the I had that like, game. Well, let's talk about it. Come to the show and let's talk. I'm like, Street We'll be talking for weeks. Because I'm going to break down every aspect of the failure that this guy had. Yeah, he had. But I had gave up on the program and hiring coaches. I didn't think they would hire. I had not gave up on them. We have seen them time and time again go get a guy that wasn't qualified. Um, and I just said gave up on it. Rick was okay. Rick was qualified, but then again, he wasn't. Cause if Rick, Rick was gonna get, Rick was gonna help you rebuild the program. Right. But if he didn't come here, he was never gonna coach again. No. Right. So that you see what I'm saying? Why were we hiring guys like that? But he was qualified, and he did a good job when he got yeah. here. Um, why were we hiring guys like that? Um, but the program has completely changed. Yeah. And it changed in the midst of me and you going back and forth about, about this. And it, money came through. They hired the best coach they ever hired. Like, they've never went after a coach that was on top of his game and say, huh, he go $8 million. Right. Where do you think where the program is headed? Like, where, where, how do you feel I about I think the it's going in the right direction. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, they got boosters who love football like Ruiz in the world of the NIL who's willing to put his money where his mouth is uh, before you had boosters and trustees that didn't know nothing about football that was really running football it was like a program because University of Miami came from an era of no boosters no trustees, no nothing all Howard Center, all Jimmy Johnson Start winning, everybody want to be a part of it. And that's why they always say, don't take everybody's money. Right. All money ain't good money. Because right. when you take bad money, then they want to run your program. Right. And so University of Miami turned the, 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 the institution under Donna Shaletta, in my opinion, turning the horns. And they start taking money from everybody. Yeah. Whether it was Neville Shapiro, 
uh, whether it was the, 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 the Okra Man or whoever it was, they were taking money. And all those people were, were, were telling them what to do with the program. And it wasn't built around this. It was built around some agent or some uh, person who knows somebody and them calling the booster up and then telling the booster, you tell them right. to hire me and I'm going to give you booster access. Right. And that's what a coaching hire. It was never no coaching search. It was the boosters and the trustees that they would call up. Uh-huh. Those coaches would call them and say, I'm going to give you access. Uh, let him be the coach. That's what the hell it was. You knew Nevis Shapiro? Yeah. I, I met him uh, when he was booster. Yeah? Yeah. Just a regular guy or? Regular guy in the Napoleon complex. <laughs> yeah. You know, handling a lot of people money. You know, I ain't know. I mean, this, the kid, Sean, introduced me to him. Uh-huh. You know, he was equipment man at Miami. Uh, but I, you know. Yeah. I went to his house one time. That was about it. Right. Show me all his pictures and shit. I know that I, right then I was like, you know, we were from the streets of Miami. We from the hood. We ain't looking. We get it. We know, you know, our mama always told us trouble easy to get in and hard to get out. Right. And look like a duck, quack like a duck. It a is duck. a motherfucking duck. You end up being a duck. But no, so so the program has completely changed. The The, the money has came through. They've hired a coaching staff. We've never... I don't think if you if we said, hey Twan, put down your you put down your dream coaching staff three years ago, you wouldn't have had the coaching staff we have now. Right. Um right. and I honestly believe that was the only problem that Miami was missing, the resources and, and, and the, the lead the staff to develop the kids. Um <coughs> you say they invited you back. I mean you say you you you're good with them now. So so where do you see the program going and, and where do you see NIA, where do you see college football going, Luke? I don't, I don't even know what I'm looking at anymore. Um, where do you see it going? Have you thought I, about I, this? Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm on all these spaces and listening to you and <laughs> keeping up. Y'all my news outlet to, to keep myself up. But I, I, I think, you know, it's still, it's still a situation with NIL, mm-hmm. whether the kids are going to be able to have, you see grown men in the NFL right. come back. We know Tons of stories yeah. of guys going into the league, squandering their money. You know what I'm saying? So we see whether well, it's the entertainment business as well. Right. You know, and you see a lot of sidebar jinx, what we call it, in the entertainment business. You get a bunch of money, you you get a uh, success, and then you can't make a fucking another record to save your life. Right. Uh, because it done went to your head. And, and I, I'm just worried about the pressures because, you know, being on that side of dealing with NFL athletes, you know, and being, you know, and marketing them, you know, the, the, the few that, that I work with, I know the toll comes from the family. And when you have a bunch of money, I mean, there's a book on it, you know, and I tell all the kids, I forget the name of it, mm-hmm. uh, to read this book. And it's mostly the family that, it ain't the girlfriend, it ain't the money in the club, it ain't the partying and all that. It's mostly the family that, that, access for money and we know a lot of these kids come from a disadvantaged situations yeah. that now they've entered into this NIL money how do they function when mama and brother and sister and cousin oh little 
Bobo, your brother just got locked up. We need to pay for a lawyer and shit. How do they function in playing football right. with this money? Because money, like Biggie Small always say, more money, more problems. Yeah. You know, and so now you're you're the breadwinner of the household. It's not your daddy. It's not the mama and everybody looking at you as the cash cow. And people don't understand that. And that, how do these kids, because we're in the early stages, how do they function with this hot money? How do they get themselves together? How do I ride around, you know, uh, Oxford in a 750 BMW and I drop them up for the ball in a football game? Mm-hmm. And they know you're getting, uh, you're getting the money from the booster here but you're now in Oxford and ain't nobody got no 750. These motherfuckers work in the, the field and all that and they see you pull up to the restaurant the McDonald's and they're looking at you big time college football player in a rural area town. That's why That's why the, the difference is mm-hmm. most NFL teams are in major cities. Right. So that's a whole nother curve that some of these kids are going to have to deal with because you can be the big man on campus but in football they expect you to perform. So now you getting all this money, everybody know you got. You walk around with the bling, 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 and you ain't performing. And you in Athens, Georgia. They gonna, you in Athens, <laughs> motherfucking Georgia. <laughs> so I, I would tell not to tell, you know, not to be a, uh, uh, you know, uh, not to be a, um, a promoter for University of Miami. You will be able to function here because there's Bentleys and Benz. And 750s right. rolling up to McDonald's right. on a daily basis, but not in certain, you know, not where LSU is located at. Right. Not in Gainesville. You pull up that motherfucker, either you the head coach, right, <laughs> or, right. Uh, you know, or a, a former player coming back. Right. You know, so that it becomes a different game. And so now they look at you from the expectations of no different than they look at. And the other top athlete, you getting a $100 million contract, you're a fucking bust. How does a 17-year-old to deal with that? You know, so that layer yeah, of it, then the, then the financial planning layer of it, right. and then you got these unscrupulous agents that I think the NFL, the, N, the NCAA should have not allowed NCAA, NFL agents being involved in negotiating right. in higher contracts. These are the worst people on earth. Agents? Majority of them. 90% of the NFL agents are the worst people on earth. Why do you say that? Look at how many people they're taking advantage of. Right. I mean, they did a book, they did stories on Broke. No, Andrew James, I sat down with him, he said he, the number of like 80% of the players don't excel financially. And, and, uh, so now, put that, put that burden on the 17-year-old. And now they're influencing the 17-year-old. So they have to change their game too. Because the NFL agent has the runner on campus that's paying the kid in college, which is illegal. So you putting a, a person who's illegal mm-hmm. with your old rules into new rules. So now, before, how do I get you to be a client? I'm going to pay you throughout your senior and junior year. Right. And you're going to feel like I love you. So mm-hmm. now I'm doing NIL deals. Now I can't pay you. You already got your money, they, and them, and they're taking them kids' money and signing up the bad contracts. Who knows what these kids are signing? Right. To get their, they get their deal negotiated. They might be signing the, the 
third part of the, of the three-part contract, and they might be locked into an agent right now. Yeah. So, I mean... Because some of them just saying... You know, and that, mean, then you got the taxes and all that. Yeah. You know, look, I love John to death. Right. But at some point, John going to have a whole bunch of athletes. He's going to have 50 guys on football. He's going to have 10 on basketball and 12 on baseball. And... You already do. <laughs> how, do, you, how, do you manage all, how do you manage all of them? You, yeah, you know, say, look, we're going to make sure they do the taxes and all this here, but you're going you're gonna to have to need a whole other firm to manage them. To be able to make sure all these things are getting taken care is of. Is that his job? That's not his job. Right. Right. Unfortunately. I, I said, I vowed that I would never, anybody close to me coming up, because us talking about money and finances in our community, it's hard, even to do with a Devontae Freeman. You say he's been in your house since he was eight years old, but we don't. Sometimes we don't feel right. But I said I, I'm never. I'm, I'm not gonna f- not feel right by telling people the truth when it comes to finances and money. Because yeah. I realized we was walking them right into a trap, and that's why I created Investor Dot. I, I realized we was walking them right into. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got drafted. He made it. I don't know what to do with money. No fucking clue. And that, you know, and what I do is to all all the kids uh, who we work with. Uh, the ones that come, even Andrew James, one of the ones mm-hmm. I mentor. I say the first thing you need to learn is it's two-letter word, N-O. No. That's the hardest thing you're ever going to be able to say in your... Because when, hey, I need you to buy me a car. No. Hey, I need to go to the club. No. Right. Hey, man, let's go buy all these bottles. No. Let's go get these strippers. No. Let's fly these girls down. No. Right. You know, yeah, mama need a house. Okay, mama, I got a house car for you and the furniture. You know, hey, mom, you all this other stuff. No, it could be hard. The brother said that was the hardest thing to tell his mom no. It's, it's hard. It was the hardest thing it, to do. That no. But he hey, said set him free, though, when he learned how to do it. You got to learn how to say no. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I tell them all, look, they're just giving you all your money right now in three years. You're getting all your money right now. When you go in your mama's house, all that shit she bought, this couch and all that accumulated throughout the years and all the, the, the shit in the closet, your stuff, your little brother's stuff, her stuff, all that stuff has value. And if you think about it, they, but that was accumulated over the years. Right. You getting all your shit right now. So now if you spin out. Yeah. And I realized we four don't years the, first, now. the first thing to do with it. The first thing we do with it a lot of times is we want to make somebody happy. So we go buy mom, or we want to buy all the stuff we couldn't. We got to catch up. Yeah, so all the stuff that we couldn't get. Um, that's why I started talking about it in, in conjunction with, with, with football, because I, I realized that it's a problem. Because I know how hard it is to get there, and you get there, and it's like, it's a trap. <laughs> and right? you don't know. <laughs> right. And all these agents and these financial advisors and all that, these people, are they're there to make money. Like when we were doing it uh, right. early on, you know, it was financial advisors. All the players go to little story with Friedman. He was like, Coach, I want to go sign up with this financial advisor. I like him and all that and everything. I was like, okay, I don't like to go where every NFL player is at. But you, your man, 
I said, every NFL player is with that person nine times out of ten. They don't respect them players. That's why 80% of them broke. That's a good way to look at it. I said, if, they, if you go fuck with them same people there, they're not going to have no respect for you. They're going to look at you a certain kind of way. But, say, okay, well, that's what you like. Okay, go ahead. So, we made sure the paperwork wasn't like power of attorney. Right. First thing when you know somebody is fucked up in finances. If you if I'm handling your money, mm -hmm. you know, you invest in, you say, look here, Luke, you handling my money. Right. Luke, I need the power of attorney to be to make sure I'm able to do investments that I need to do throughout the course of the day, because you might be working and I might see the stock that I wanna uh purchase. Right. That's the worst thing ever. Right. These guys do that. Most of those guys give the financial people power of attorney. So she made sure that that was out of his deal. And most guys are not negotiating with the financial plan. What is your percentage? No, we're going to negotiate everything is negotiable. Right. We're going to cut your shit because most of the financial planners are giving the agents a kickback. Right? Agents get a kickback on everything. So now the financial planner goes here. Hey, look, you don't have no, you don't have no power of attorney. Uh, you can't invest unless you call him up and get authorization. I don't give a shit what he doing, cause he ain't, he ain't doing no stock market every day. Right. You know, you gotta sit there and look at this shit. Right. Deal with penny stocks. No, no, the investments. You gonna do? Then took a million dollars out of his account. Called me up, coach. Man, people took a million dollars out of my account. Call the lady up. Hey, look. <coughs> no, they can't do that. Guy. They don't have power turn. Call them. Call them. the guy. Hey, look. You don't have power turn. No, I have power turn of all my players. I, you know, I can invest. No, 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 no. Not this one. Go look at your contract and put that money back. What's so the man eventually ended up. At, we then uh, uh, went to the firm. And told the firm, you better put that money back in there because he don't have a power turn. Not on this guy right here. And so it was a hard lesson, but he, it wasn't a losing lesson for him. Right. Then he, you know, that guy ended up losing his job. The brokerage firm had to then put a million dollars back into his account. What's the financial advisor? What's, what's his job? What is he supposed to do? The financial advisor? Yeah. Advisor finance. He's supposed to, you're okay, all right, hey, look. Here's a good investment. Here's a bad investment. You know, okay, we're going to put money into, you know, explain to you right. that we're dealing with blue chip stocks. Yeah. You know, not penny stocks. We ain't gambling in this. Yes, there is a possibility to, to lose, but if you buy into McDonald's, you know, if you buy McDonald's stock, then okay, that's a good thing. Right. You know, yeah. if you buy into Coca-Cola, that's a good thing. Right. You know, uh, but when, but most of those financial advisors, they come up with these slick ass Ponzi schemes and these deals that they call up one friend. Oh, my friend is is building a casino in Biscayne Bay, right? And I think it's a great idea and all this. Let's put money into this, and before you know it, they take the athletes' money and put it into that because that's their friend, and then their friend is giving them a kickback, right? So the financial planner is getting a kickback from the friend. He's taking the money. 
And they're all football players, so when they look at their finances, they think they're doing good. Then they expect, well, you know, like I told you, it's a 50-50 chance when you're dealing in finances and most of the players be thinking they know everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk to them in a way that makes them feel like they know something. Right. You know, and then meanwhile, they're pimping them. Right. And but so at the end of the day, they're taking their money and they're investing in what they want to invest in. But look, it's only because, it's only because Footballville focused on football. We only focused on football all the way up. And then when they got to leave to go to college, we said, I don't want nothing from you, man. Just be successful. And that is a, a losing formula that we have done, and I realized that. But the thing is, let me tell you, the agent does. The agent job is to get you away from everybody. Well, I've been hearing this a lot lately. <laughs> the agent job is to Streeter wants something from you. He wants something from you. Luke wants something from you. Everybody wants something from you. You got to get him. You're a corporation now. You have to do business on your own and do business with, and you know, we're going to. So, the thing is to get you away from, get the player away. And most of them go for the okie doke. Right. Yeah. And you know, we already think a black person advising us is the most evil person in the world. Right. So at the end of the day, Friedman then, okay, he learns his lesson. And, you know, hey, coach, you, anybody you can recommend me to, I recommend him to a brother who I know grew up with. And that motherfucker right now, that Friedman damn near own half of Liberty City. Really? Yeah. Quietly as can. That's what's up. Yep. Got all his money. Yep. Invested in the guy. Look out for him. Take care of him. Quiet as he can. The guy ain't had to give nobody no kickback. Right. Nothing. That's why I tell people, you know, like, and that's what you mentioned, those those guys who the kids live with and handle this. Yeah. <coughs> you're, you're unscrupulous if you take some. Mm-hmm. Like, none of the kids I work with ever gave me one cent. Right. Never bought nothing, no nothing. Right. Coach, you, I'm at the mall, you want me to get you a watch? Nope. I make my own money. You're like my son. That little one just walked in here. No way in the world. He's going to buy me shit. He's going to buy me I work for my own shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so when they're my kids like that, no, no, no. Right. I so never took one dime. Your ex-wife was a, a, a lawyer, then turned agent, right? Yeah. Um, now she, got, she got paid for her services, which was rightfully so. Right. Uh, but, you know, she took care of me good as well. Hi man, listen, ILD Squad and Investor Dad, we'll be right back. My name is Chase Smith, I'm from Palm Bay, Florida, and this is Edge, the best tasting energy drink on the planet. When you sat down with Duke them, that y'all actually gave Duke mom part of y'all, like y'all was supposed, let's say y'all was supposed to get 10%. I ain't getting no money. Well, she's supposed to get 10%. Yeah. She, she gave Cassandra part of her percentage. And, and I, I, I don't know what deal they had because yeah. I never... Yeah, that's what I was told. Yeah, I never dealt in the financials of right. it. Uh, but he was originally he was originally going to sign with Melvin Bradley. Okay. She was going to be the co-agent right. at the time. Like, she was going to be T.Y. Hilton's co-agent. Mm-hmm. Like, we were advising their family. Right. And then Rose House got involved and said, no, I don't want to do no co-agent thing. And so it was a hard decision for T.Y. 
dad, him, and the mom, you know, because, you know, Rose Island was like, oh, I don't do no cohesion. You know, the whole cohesion thing at that time was to oversee to make sure the kids don't get fucked. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because they looked at the track records of certain agents and how many kids, you know, they, yeah. they screwed around with. So he was originally uh, co-agenting with them, but they never got the paperwork right. Right. There were certain things, because I think he was affiliated with another agency. Remember there were certain right? things, yeah. yeah, that was in the contract that she wasn't going to let him sign. Right. And they kept sending it back and they weren't taking it out. Right. You know, and uh, eventually, uh, eventually they did a co-agent deal with uh, the other guys, yeah. Yeah, the maritime lawyer guys, yeah. and so they did it together, and she made sure the paperwork was right with that, and eventually, you know, because most of them come in making all these promises about yeah. all this marketing money, you know, and I'm I'm the bad guy in the room. Like, okay, if you're going to get a million dollars in marketing, goddamn it, give me 500000 right now. You know, that, that was the funniest thing. Right. It, it, him and his... Friedman, the whole agent thing and looking for an agent was was almost ended up in a fist fight. Um, <laughs> what you mean? But the Duke thing was funny because we would sit in the room, you know, it's like, all right, well, she's going to be co-agent, go see all this shit. And most agents don't like that. And then, uh, and then I'm sitting up in there, I'm a bad guy, everybody be quiet. So I would tell them, Duke, y'all be quiet. Don't, don't fucking laugh. So I'm sitting <laughs> back there do that presentation. Okay, where the fucking money? Alright, you said you got you you said you can do a million dollars in marketing? Okay. Give him, you gonna give him half a million dollars right now? As an advance on the million that you already promised? Right. Um, um, uh, I said, so I would have I, hey, that was funny. Yeah? Yeah. Freeman originally signed with one guy out of New York. And that guy hated me. Still hated me to this day. Yeah. I was like, no, motherfucker, you're going to do this, this, and that. Do they have to get an agent? Do they need, like... They don't need an agent. Lamar Jackson did his best. You need an agent when it's time to renegotiate. Right. That's that's when the shit... That's when Duke went to Rosen House. No, no, she... Not when he renegotiated, when he tried to get out of Cleveland. That's when he hired, I think, Rosen House. Yeah, yeah. He, she renegotiated his yeah. She, his, she, she made, renegotiated his deal. She made when it was time for him to get out of Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Rose House is good to get you out of places, right? Because he's you know like EJ. EJ used them when he was in Indy to get out of there. Because most agents ain't, in my opinion, unscrupulous like that. Yeah, a lot of them don't do the antics that he do. Right. You know you. You know, so a lot of, you know, they don't want to burn bridges like that. Right. He's known for that. So he he got enough clients, he don't really care. I got a question about the music business. A lot of the artists feel like DMX once said it was slave wages to be an artist. A lot of artists feel like they don't get paid enough, right? Right. The way the music industry is set up, does it have to be set up the way it's set up? Now, now it's better than what it was back then uh-huh. when DMX was around. That's why I never signed. I did sign, but it was more of a distribution deal. Right. And I really sold all the records on my own. Uh, and my artists made more money than artists that was on major labels. Because right. the record industry is designed to 
charge you for everything. Right. Hey, Shreeda came over here and we had to buy him some lunch while he was shooting. Uh, we had a video shoot, and the video shoot on the books to the label is 50000 but then now they double dip and add it to be 100000 So it's, it's a lot of double dipping, a lot of scheming with the numbers, playing with the numbers. So most artists uh, will only get their advance. Mm-hmm. Whatever the advance is, you got to leave off of that, live off of that, and then you'll get money off your touring. So when your statements come, the statements are going to be hard. <laughs> so they're about to bill you for everything. They're going to bill you for everything. And that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's the football industry, too. That's why a lot of them guys, when they, when it's time for them to lead the agent, mm-hmm. agent had them sign three different contracts. The, the NFL contract, that's standard. Uh, agent contract, that's standard. That is only one that you need to sign. When you sign that, the training contract, that's the worst one to sign. When you try when you sign the marketing contract, yeah. which is what these kids are signing right now in these NIL deals, those contracts take total control over all of your finances. The training contract. The training contract. Because now I got you training at some training facility. The training facility, okay, you bring all your guys over there helping them build this shit up. He charges you twenty five uh thousand thousand dollars and then and then he put on the books that shit is a hundred thousand. The car you riding in, the little apartment that you're staying in, I'm charging you for that. I'm charging you for going to see your combine, going to see your pro day. I'm charging you for the dinners that I'm taking you out for. Right. So it's almost like now, the hotel. Now you in a hole. Right. They use that against you. You've lost they don't make you they don't pay you they don't charge you for that right, right now. Only until you get ready to leave. When you say, fuck this, and I realize you ain't doing nothing for me marketing-wise, uh, all this stuff that you promised me, branding me, and helping me become the biggest thing in the world, or you just got this other dude more money than me, and I'm better than him, and I want to leave your ass and go somewhere else, then they, oh, well, you want to check out the hotel here, but you spent in the minibar. And I, yeah. And, like, Deshaun Watson. Right. Same thing. Oh, well, you have a half a million dollar bill. So then I tell your new agent, you got to pay me a half a million dollars. Oh, I ain't paying this. Okay, well, we'll go arbitration. And I'm going to show them the contract and I'm going to show them the receipt. The arbitrator going to say, you got to pay. Right. So it becomes cheaper to keep them. How do they get around it? Just don't take how you get How you get around it is you, 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 have, you have to have a lawyer negotiate your contract with the agent. Those things have to be taken out. That's how Freeman got out of his contract with the agent. Because she took those things out. Right. And he wasn't, so he could walk away. No. So it became a a joint venture. Right. So I, I would always say, because obviously I'm a business person, I'm like, so I kind of changed the whole fabric of what should be on a, how you should represent. Which, that's why the Agents hate me because I, I put these kids up on game. Mm-hmm. Never made one dime. Never gave. I said, look, everything is a contractual. Uh, uh, everything is a deal. Everything is negotiable. You know, if you're going to be partners with me, if you're going to make money, 3%, 10%, you're going to make 20% on the marketing, then that makes us partners. I'm, I'm doing all the work. Right. So 
if you want to be my partner, you got to invest. What's your investment? Your mouthpiece? I'm already going to get dragged. I'm already going to get Slow down for him. Slow down for him. I caught that. Wait a Slow down for him. So you saying, I've just made it here. I'm finna get drafted. Mm-hmm. You coming to be my partner. Yeah. You saying you want 3% of, of what, who I am. You're my partner. So what's your investment? So, yeah, what did you invest? What are you going to invest? And I don't... I don't so, want to have to pay it back either. Right? And I don't want to have to pay it back. <laughs> this is your investment. Right. And right. so that's how I come at you. Right. You know, we're giving people game right now. That's how I come at you. That's why I don't like me. Right. You feel me? And most parents don't know that. They because they're not business savvy. They're working nine to five every day. They got babies running around the house. They're trying to make ends meet. Right. So the business part of it don't, don't come into play. So those people see me come in the room, they're like, oh, shit, this nigga in here. You know, and they do everything in the world. They pay everybody off. You know, don't whatever you do, don't listen to him. And I'm like, everything is everything negotiable. Shit, all of it. The only thing we ain't can negotiate is gas. But we can go to different gas stations. You feel me? If you go buy a house, it's negotiable. If you go buy a car, it's negotiable. Anything contractually uh, give you make contractual obligations negotiable. So I would tell them, look, no, this shit, you the party. So you're gonna pay for the train. He ain't paying for the train. Right, right, right. So right. what's your value of being here? Like, yeah, what's your value? Yeah, yeah. What did you do to and get so, here in this room to get right, So right. the agents come in there. That's what fuck them kids every time. Because oh well, Plexico World signed this and this other one. And look at all the guys on my roster and all them signed it. And the kids get scared. I want this guy to be my agent. He's everybody agent. Oh, fuck it, I'll sign. I hate you. No, I'm not going to talk to Uncle Bob who know all this shit. I'm not going to talk to you. And, like this and then now when the shit hit the fan, oh, he, everything he promised me, he got 30,000 clients and I want to leave and you're stuck. Right. You got to play poker. You got to play poker. You got to hold your, hold your cards. Right. And know your value. And so that's why with this inner in this inner 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 world, my kids and my medicine, I'm teaching them. You're getting ready to go into a whole nother world. We have business class at school. <laughs> take the business class. Right. If you're gonna play on this team, you're gonna take the fucking business class. I'm going to send you and intern you on Brooklyn at some of these firms. I'm we're going to go and I'm having business guys come in to talk to you about finances and generational wealth. How do you accumulate these things? Well, you gonna sit on a plant to see. Right. Because you know the tension span is right. real short, but if you plant the seed, then they'll... It's there. They may revisit it again. It, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you, you know, see that's why I say a kid like Ray, 4.0 deep, even the quarterback. I mean, these, these kids are smart kids. And so they... You know, when you got a 4.1, that means your attention span is here. You sit in the front of the class and you can understand and you can translate and you test good and all that. Right. You can help them. 2.0, God, 2.3. <laughs> he look help. Shit, he looking wet and late. Give me, give me a watch. I need to try to wear my whole portfolio around my neck. Yeah. Shit, I'm not listening to street in it. And it's a financial literacy <laughs> class online. Fuck that. Eddie Hoes. We're going to live. Right, right. I told, I told Freeman, I said, Freeman, we ain't going to live by no models. 
this is what you're supposed to do. We're going to live, call, hey, my God, I'm coming in with one of my kids, Freeman. Uh, I need a table. Yeah, I know Freeman won the national championship. Yeah, he's getting drafted. We're going to have his draft party. I need all the fucking bottles. He ain't drinking the shit. All the friends, okay, I need to send a stage right on the floor. Right. He fourth round pick. You the one with the leverage. Right, but. You got the leverage. <laughs> right, but the agent has a runner. Yeah. Who going to get you the shoes. Shoe deal, and you buying shoes. <laughs> Duh! But the agent got the little runner. The runner calls up the club. Hey, look, I'm bringing Bobo, and he gonna buy twenty bottles. And the little runner say, "You got that twenty bottles to get this table. It's twenty five thousand. Okay, I'm bringing all my boys up in here." He gets his kickback from the promoter. Hey, everything is a kickback. Right. And them kids get all back. No, you with me? We ain't paying for any motherfucking thing. Hey, we gonna call up the the what, what kind of car you want? Oh, oh, I need a Range Rover. Hey, look at Warren Henry. My man need a Range Rover. I need this. Okay, we are gonna do a license. He ain't paying for shit. Every year you come in changing for another one. That's what we no ain't no going no Williams, the Williamson, <laughs> and buy them uh, Escalade. No, we ain't buying nothing. You a celebrity. Celebrities don't pay for nothing. Because you have leverage. You have leverage that is the what, face. Yeah. But them dudes is getting kickbacks from everything, so they make them buy. Buy, buy. The more they spend. So a lot of them are getting involved and then routing them through this wrong route. They're they getting kickback for everything. Financial kickback. House kickback. Clothes kickback. Shoe man kickback. Close the shoe man kickback. Now I need the new George. Call the rap. <laughs> I need the Yeezys. Call the rap. Hey, hey, look at man. Hey, hey, look. We just did a deal with uh, damn. Uh, we just did a deal with Adidas. Hey, hey, look at man. Hey, hey, hey. I need them Yeezys. Right. Call the fucking shoe man. <laughs> what do you What do you say to coaches that? Don't want kids to go shop at other schools. Like Manny used to always say, man, if you committed, make sure you committed because I don't, you know what I'm saying? If you looking, we looking. No, the rules is you got five places mm -hmm. to go to. You know, and some of these kids ain't never been nowhere. They know they're going to wind and dine them and get them to different places. But right. you, you should, you know, I tell all my kids, I tell the coaches, no, they're going to go visit. Yeah. <laughs> some reporter called me up. So, yeah, Clemson said... They don't want Ray Ray to visit nowhere. I say, Clemson ain't tell me that. So I don't know where you got that from. Right. Because ain't nobody finna dictate Clemson to my kids. That. They ain't tell me that. Right. That's what some reporter, I don't believe you have shit. Right. They just be uh, searching. You know, coach ain't never came to me. Hey, we don't want him to go visit. No, he go visit. Yeah. He go, look, we go to camps or my Look, first thought on that was that some of these kids ain't never been on no damn plane. That was my first. And I tell them, you know what I tell all the kids? I said, "Look, take your five misses. Mm -hmm. If you know you're gonna go to University of Miami and USC, UCLA is offering you, Hawaii offering you, if you know, uh, fucking all these." Uh, Tulane, make on all these big cities that you ain't never that you ain't never went to. Right. Take a visit, though, Hawaii. They don't always see it like that, though, huh? 
The kids. I tell my kids, man. I say, you committed that man? Man, go all over the place. She go on a trip. They gonna take her. They gonna bring your mama and your sister and your daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you fly on y'all just take a fucking vacation. They gonna wine and dine you. It's on them. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even get to all the official visits. No. Right. You got five of them. Right. And sometimes they they run out of time and don't even don't even make them. <laughs> You you done a great job with Edison, right? Have you learned anything like from the Haitian culture or coaching the Haitian kids in that area? Have you I, learned anything? I learned. I, I'm still learning. Yeah, I'm learning. You know, I got to go talk to uh, Coach Frazier. Right. You know he, you know, and I try to talk to old heads like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was been, I was going to talk to him a couple years ago, but COVID came and all that. And I like to talk to people who are, who've been doing it for a lot of years. Yeah. I got one guy that was on his staff, and I I'm I'm still learning right. from the head coaching part of it. Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm just hard. I'm right, hard. <laughs> right. I'm I'm like hey, Fraser was hard dude. You know, I ain't, you know, <laughs> those kind of guys. Right. You know, I ain't no. I'm I'm just I'm like let's do it let's get it done you know by all means necessary be on time do what you gotta do coach these kids up right. you know these kids a lot of them live in situations where they don't have uh, parents at home uh, they have <laughs> one home you you gotta be here for them you can't you can't be a stranger coaching these kids and so um, you know I'm, I'm still learning. You know, I, I have not gotten one thing I, I can say. I've not gotten the offensive coordinator thing down, <laughs> right? How many offensive coordinators you done had? I, I, had, I don't know how many. <laughs> and it seems like all of them are similar. I've not gotten that down. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, as defensive guys, you know, we're fucking hardcore. You know, and even I look at the league. I mean, I look at the Miami Dolphins, the defensive head coach. And it's, you know, he ran through court, offense coordinators. We we just, it's different. Offense is hard, though, right? Defense is like electronic football. You line the motherfuckers up. Well, <laughs> both, for me, defense is hard, too. Is it? I, a great defense coordinator is a very good offense coordinator because you need to know what they're trying to do. In the systems that they're running, right, at all times. But in the end, you got to still line your guy. Now, if you just line up and run fifty all night and blitz the mic back and play man to man, it ain't nothing too much to that, right? But you know, you, you can get a little complicated if you wanted to. If you you if you teach it and make right. it complicated, which is what we do at, at, at Edison, I, I get my kids ready for the next level, so the so the IQ can be right and they'll be able to. Relate to what yeah. is going on. So we run a lot of college schemes. We do every drill uh, colleges do in in, uh, in in their facilities and things like that. So we get our kids college ready on all levels. Uh, but like going back to um, the the offensive coordinator thing, I I just have not gotten that down yet. I don't, you know, and that's why I, I gotta go. Talk to some, and, I, and I, Randy Shannon ran through a fucking bunch of office school. Right, right. So I can't go to him and ask him shit, you know. So it's, you know, it, it becomes. Uh, Fraser had a system. 
Like, that yeah. wasn't changing. Frazier has a system. I think Alabama has a system. I don't Alabama, And that's the thing. Alabama has a system. Right. And so I take a lot from Alabama. He has a system. No matter who comes no matter in, who comes, you're going right. to run my shit. Right. You know, and so you're going to run this system. Right. You know, whether it's Sarkeesy or whether it's Lane or whoever it is, you're going to come in and run right. This is the system, and you run it. You know, and unfortunately, uh, a lot of my coordinators get a little, you know, they, you know, and I guess in high school in general, because I talk to a lot of other coaches. When you, they think they think that the offense is separated from the team. Okay. This is my team. Ain't nobody can tell me nothing about what I'm going to do on offense, even though you're the head coach. And so they, and when you say something, everybody get a little eh, emotional. Right. You know, and so that I have not gotten down yet. <laughs> you know, I've not, you know, because... You know, you say something, hey, look, you know, shit, what we doing? We need to run this shit right now. And then everybody get all emotional. You know, and, you know, and so, and then I go talk to other coaches, no, hell, shit. Fucking Nick Saber said, run that motherfucker, you better run yeah, that running. motherfucker. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and like me. And so I go back to myself as coaching. I'm coaching with Coach Hollybird. Hollybird say, hey, look, man. Uh, coach, here's the game plan. This is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna do the same thing. What I'm doing, Billy Rowe. Uh, look, this man, you ain't got to tell me the game plan. You got it. No, no, coach. I'm gonna tell you what it is. Okay, personality issues. Coach said, hey, "Look at man, I want you to put this guy in." I, hey, no problem. Hey, go in. It ain't like hey, put this guy in. And guy get bombed. Blue like this here. <laughs> I ain't going back and saying, man, burp with that motherfucker in. No. Nah, that's just stuff. That's my guy. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm responsible for him. Right. If he get bombed and Coach Bird say put him in the game and that happens, I'm not going to say it's Coach Bird's fault. I'm saying, hey, look here, my job is to get everybody on this field who's dressed, prepared, and ready to go. That's on me. Right. And my position coach. And that is what we, we eat that. That don't happen. I mean, you know. So that's the that's what's. You gotta get that right coming in the door, though, right? Like when he comes. But you can't. You. That's the thing. That's why I say I, I've been got that part right. Right. Because coming in the door, everything sounds good. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You would think uh, guys understand the chain of command. You know, I've had military guys coach with me. You understand the main chain of command. You and know, still, and still like yeah, when Coach Luke say something, it be going, yeah, it, you know. And, and but that's why the military works. I try to explain that to people because everybody know how to take a order, right? Yeah, and whether it's shit crash and burn or not, you know what I'm saying. But everybody knows how to take an order, and they respect the. It, that's yeah, why it works. That you have to do right. that, and I and 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 unfortunately, I've not uh, affected the hiring because again, like I said, everybody come in, they talk a good game, they, you know. We talk about, okay, all right, I'm tough. And, you know, other coaches like, yo, this motherfucker tough. You know what I'm saying? I'm, about, I'm not going to disrespect you. It's going to be about X's and O's. It's going to be real technical, you know, down distance. The practice ain't going to be in the middle of the field. The practice is going to be on the hash because the ball is in the middle of the field 17% of the time. I'm going to go into every situation in a football game, right. and you better be prepared to call the plays. Right. And, and if you ain't with that, you know, no. we're going to do that. You got to find game. that guy. 
everybody ain't. Yeah, so yeah. I, I know <laughs> no, you gotta find So I'm, I'm detailed like that. Right, like, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Everybody be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like for us, we played the spring game the other day. Uh, and in spring practice, we've been struggling in the red zone. Right. You know, because we, we go through, I go through every situation. So when you're going out there, hey, this ain't no place we ain't been. We're going to put that bitch on the one. In this situation, defense just made a stop on the one yard line. We got to get out of here. What's the play? Are we going to get up in the gun and run a jet sweep? <laughs> they do. Some Would time. you see that shit, right? <laughs> right. No, oh, no. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, what's the play? Okay, all right. We're going to get up in there. Okay. These are the plays we expect. Now, we run a jet sweep. I'm saying something. Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 coach. We can't do that. We can't. We're going to address this right here. Right. So when we get there, you know, we know, okay, one and one, we're going to take this bitch 99 yards. We took the ball 99 yards because those are the situations we practice. Right. But then we struggled in the red zone. And then when we got into the game, we struggled in the red zone. You know, we get down there, we get into the five, and the same thing happened in practice. So those are things that we have to address going into the next year. But just like you said, yeah. there's a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. They be like, yeah you got to find that right guy. They be like that. Yeah. You know, but unfortunately, you know, I mean, I'm at Edison. Yeah. And that's why I'm like this, this, you know, how do you putting all these teams in the same bracket? Northwestern is 1,700 students. Edison is 600 students. Their budget is higher. So they can hire more coaches in the building. I don't have one coach in the building. That's how that works? Yes. Yeah, you get more money. Yeah. You know, schools are based on the money. You know, each kid is $1,700 or something like that. You know, uh, a semester. So you're going to, that school is going to get more money. That school is going to get more employees. Uh, that school is going to get more teachers because obviously, you know, you got more students. Right. And so your budget goes up for everything, your athletics, your academic, because all that money comes in, oh, X amount of this go to here, X amount go to there. And so you have, the, you, you, you can hire more coaches. We got 600, I don't have no coaches. So I can get, right. uh, I can get a coordinator out of college, uh, defense and offense. I don't have to do it. I can get better staff right. uh, because the school would have a budget. And they could pay for it. We don't have the luxury, so I have to get you know I have to get guys who some experience, and I have to get guys with not that much experience. So the stuff that I'm spitting out, wow, I have to do a lot of coaching. Coaches, who are you in there with? Northwestern, who else? Hmm? With the new alignment, you are in there with who? Northwestern. I'm in there with Northwestern LaSalle, who's recruiting everybody all over the world. <laughs> The sound getting up for war. <laughs> Jackson, uh, Booker T. Yeah. Booker T, Northwestern. There's one more, right? Is Central in there too? No. Central not, not in there? So it's Booker T, Northwestern, you. No, we're, we're never. There's Booker T, Northwestern, LaSalle, Jackson, and Winterfield. How does LaSalle get in there? I don't know. Yeah? How the fuck did we get? <laughs> Six hundred kids, but we gonna go play football, right? You know, we we, we got a good. Now you got you team. got some kids though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. you you did your. No, we gonna, we're gonna we're gonna compete. I'm, you know, ain't no everybody ain't happy to see us. Right. 
you know, we you know we gonna go compete. Yeah. And, and, but but we we have, in order for us to beat these people, we're gonna have to be we're gonna have to coach better. We're gonna be fundamentally technically sound. We're right. gonna have to be like Baylin. Baylin was kicking ass at one time though. Our kids gonna have to know what the, what they're going, what they mean doing. We're gonna have, and that's our coach. Right. You know, I look at Baylin like you say. Ninety percent of them kids ain't recruited by nobody. nobody. They this big and that strong, but they know they gonna they play assignment football. Yeah, and that's the only way you play the game. Right. And so that is how we're gonna be able to beat people. Yeah, when Duke was there, Norland couldn't beat them the first couple of years. Duke was there. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I'm running the wing T. I mean, so listen, man. Before you get out of here, I just want you to. Tell, I wouldn't want to say this to you, man. You, you, you definitely. Um, What's the soundtrack of my childhood? Definitely. Oh, really? Soundtrack, oh, okay. of, my, soundtrack of my childhood. But you came out all right, right? Because they um, said I was corrupting the minds of young people. I don't know. When I was you, putting the music. I like looking at it. I like right. <laughs> But you, you came out I all came right. out fine. Jump, okay. And I was knee deep in goddamn pop that <laughs> Exactly. Knee deep in knee it. Deep. So, so, no, you you're right. You the t-shirt I came and out, everything. No, I came out fine. You, 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 you right. You right. Um, sound, soundtrack of my childhood, man. Soundtrack. But I just want to explain one thing to me, and I hope there's a story to this. When I Wanna Rock was created, right? Could you explain I Wanna Rock, you know, the day it was created, or how it was created, or what? Because that song is timeless. It was a hot beat that the, this guy, this kid named Devastated did. And he brought me the beat, it was hot. And so I was playing the beat, because I was still DJing, ghetto style DJs. I was still DJing in the pack jam, and, Playing that thing, and so I kind of got the beat big first, you know, something totally different than what the industry is accustomed to. So everybody was like the beat, and so what I ended up doing was, you know, I had the pack jam, and I had loops on the beach, and all that going on at the same time, and people would dance crazy to the beat. So I ended up going to the studio, creating a little bit of environment. So as I DJed and went to the clubs, I saw people dancing. And so I just added the chants, added all the other stuff to it, what they were doing. You know, obviously, Pop That Coochie was a dance. And so I would be saying that. So everything that they did, I said and on, on the song. So, so I Wanna Rock wasn't necessarily like a song you went into a recording. It was kind of like a DJ thing that you added. It was added. a DJ thing. Right. Yeah, everything, I would, everything on the record, I would say already. Like, I took a beat. I took an instrumental beat. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm gonna do this totally different. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go and get this beat hot, right? And I'm a DJ over it. So I actually, I was actually finding out what people were reacting to on, reacting to the certain things that they love that I'm saying as I'm DJing, right? And so I took those things. Okay, hey, hey, hey moment, right? And, you know, and do the so I it was kind of. Mega mix medley of some of the right, things right, right. I was saying, but then it was it was everything that I said in the club. That you couldn't have went wrong with that beat though. Huh? No, <laughs> no, you couldn't have went wrong with that. <laughs> no, no, but that's why I tell. That's I mean that song and all songs that I've ever done, I've ever produced. I'm like the track has to be hot. Right. I don't go mess with no track, but I gotta fight the track. You know, you gotta fight the track. 
track is so horrible, no. you got to make it. No, I used to make beats. I understand exactly what you're saying. I yeah, so exactly I'm, what I'm you're saying. It, the beat is the most important, like, you know, what's on it? You know what I'm saying? You know, like that. You know, you got mass production. Oh, you can't go wrong. Right. You just, now the beat is hot. Because that's going to keep you around. That's going to keep people loving the music with uh -huh. the beat. A lot of people hear these songs and it's just, check, 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 check. You don't move right. So, yeah, it'll be a hit right now because you got all the money. You're paying all the DJs and they just programming everybody's brain. But the staying power is it's not going to be an everlasting hit. Right. It'll be something that you probably revisit. Like you had doing the butt. Right. Kids right now be dancing that. Doing you know, you hear that shit come on. It's like, oh, okay. It's a party. So the beat really is So you was always in search for that everlasting beat. All every, every time. Awesome. That was yeah. the first thing. I need the track has to be hot. And then I come with the chorus. Right. Because the chorus the track is gonna hook you. The, the track gonna hook you and the chorus gonna hook you. Yeah. So it becomes what this. You know, me so horny. Right. You know, that, that, oh. The lyrics are the last thing that the average person listens to. Now, the lyrics will get you to stay on. Now, what, the, what are you talking about? Because I know that, you know. <laughs> right. And right. that, so, you see the record always going here. You discovered Trick Daddy? Yeah. You knew he could cook when you discovered him? Or this some new shit? He, yeah. <laughs> what? No, no, no. He... he I was, I had a condo at the Grand Condominium. Uh -huh. And one trip, just got out of jail. His dad was jammed up. His dad said, man, my son coming out of jail. Can you take care of him for me? <laughs> I know he could rap. So I ended up, uh, he stayed in, me and him stayed together at my yeah. condo. And so, because uh, I was kicking some girl who claimed squatters, right? Right. I ain't gonna go to her name because you probably know her husband. She was squatter. She's, she's claiming squatters, right? Yeah. Ruled in South Florida and the state of Florida. Every person staying there over 30 days, they can say they live there. So then you gotta evict them. Right. You know, so I did. So I had a condo down there and I was in, in the process of evicting the lady. Uh, and so Trick got out. And at the same time, it was like, I'm a rapper. You're right, you know, damn right, but he had his old lyrics and shit. <laughs> Just getting out of jail, right. you know, and uh, I said, okay, so I created a, I created a uh, hip-hop contest at the Pack Jam. And when I created the contest, I said, hey, look, because you're living with me, motherfucker. You, that don't mean you're going to automatically, you got to win this rap contest in order to, and whoever wins, they're going to get on my record. Right. Scar. Scar, right. So, he ended up, it was a four-week contest. He battled, 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 battled. And beat out him, came down to him and this one dude named Red. And, and he eventually beat him out. Yeah. And he got on the record. How did Verb get on the record? Verb, Verb was an artist that we were oh, you had him already. working with. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, I would take all, what I did, what I used to do with all my music, I would take and piggyback me all and introducing the artist to the world. Right. So I would be like, oh, okay, all right. Every new artist that I'm getting ready to put out, they do a record with me. Oh, they're on Luke's song, okay, all right, now he got a record. Right. We, at the same time, we would be working on the 
Right. Right. My homeboy Red say first time he heard a trick in the studio, man, he said he thought he heard Tupac. He said that's how that's how deep trick was, or that's how yeah. good trick was when he first came out. Um Did you know he can actually cook then though? When did the cooking stuff start? Like <laughs> Because now you got a cooking show, he got Sundays, like So at the condo. Uh-huh. And he would cook. He did? Yeah. Yo, you know, he called me Dick. Yo, Dick, I, I cook. I'm going to cook the food in here. That's what I'm going to do. I ain't, you know, ain't, ain't, man, you can't cook. <laughs> so every day he cooked all the food. He cooked the breakfast. He cooked the lunch. He cooked the dinner. I'm like, hey, you know what you learned how to cook in prison? Yeah. So he would cook everything. Right. He would. It would be so bad, I'd go to the office, come back. He had all the girls in the, you know, it's like a little fashion college that's next to the Grand. Yeah. He would have all the girls in there. He cooked for everybody, you know, and doing other things with the girls. <laughs> but this dude would cook. They had to go to lunch. When lunchtime, the condo full up with, with all the girls. So he just liked cooking. So yeah, he, like, he loves to cook. Yeah, because he got a whole show, cooking show now. He got a restaurant, man. But listen, man, I ain't gonna take up too much of no, no more of your time, man. I totally appreciate it, man. You told me you was gonna do it for me. You did it for me, man. Hey, man, no doubt. I appreciate you coming by, man. Enjoyed it. All right. Yeah. Hopefully, you got learned some new stuff. Yeah, I learned some new stuff, man. Y'all make sure y'all like, share, subscribe, man. Uncle Luke, the legend, man. Appreciate it. Don't take three motherfucking things, and that's what.